Amen. I'd like to start in, Lord, just put this in my spirit. Um, go with me to Deuteronomy. Is that what I want? Deuteronomy 8. Deuteronomy 8. I love this chapter. <laughs> I read this chapter a bunch. When I was going through financial famine, I'd call it, this chapter gave me so much peace. When I started learning for the first time about how God wants me to prosper, this chapter really spoke loud to me. So Deuteronomy 8 says, Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. That verse right there tells you you have an inheritance laid up for you. Amen? All the way from your father Abraham, who was faithful Abraham. Amen? The father of us all, the father of faith. We have an inheritance laid up. Say, I have an inheritance. inheritance. Amen. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you. He allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he he made new food from heaven for him. Amen. Which the fathers didn't know. New man, amen? I'll just stop right there. I could go off on that. No, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. Amen. But man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Amen. Notice the word is now our substance. The word is now our food. Every man lives by the words that proceed from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these forty years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you, corrects you. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you, say bringing me, into a good land. A land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates. We see a lot of that around here, don't we? It's a beautiful area, a beautiful land that we live in, amen? A land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. Say nothing. That's a promise from God to you, amen? Do you receive it? It won't work for you if you don't receive it by faith. Amen? You have to take it by faith for it to work for you. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full. So God wants us to be full. Amen? Amen? Then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Notice prosperity comes with thanksgiving. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. By not keeping his commandments, his judgments. Say, I expect. I expect. And his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built, built. You're now the builders, he says. Built beautiful houses. His promise to us is beautiful houses. Amen. And dwell in them. And when you're, so there's a lot of the world, a lot of rich people who don't dwell in their houses. (laughs) They have all these mansions, but they don't live in them. The Lord promises you, you'll enjoy them. 
you'll live in them and get to enjoy them. Amen? That's his promise. That's his heritage to you, the saints. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied. Notice it says when there. And all that you have is multiplied. That's multiplied, multiplied, multiplied right there. All that you have is multiplied. Amen? There's no lack in the kingdom of God. Amen? You're only limited by your belief system. What you believe you have. Amen? If you believe small, you'll live small. If you believe big, you'll live big. Amen? We just take authority over any outside hindrances in Jesus' name. We come against the spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus. We are here unchecked and hindered free in the life of God. Who the sun sets free is free and free indeed. Lord, you have given us fresh ears to hear with. Say, I have ears to hear. And eyes that see clearly. Revelation from heaven. We thank you, Lord, for keeping us in perfect peace while we're here and during the course of our life. For you are the Prince of Peace and abide with us always. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your perfect covering here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, so don't forget Him as you prosper, amen? Amen. From the house of bondage who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions, thirsty land where there was no water, but he brought you water out of that flinty rock. He provided water for the Israelites out of a rock. Amen. That's Christ, our rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. But, verse 18, here it is, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth. Amen? Amen. That's prosperity. That's not poverty. That's not lack. He is a God of prosperity. Amen? Not lack. He's a God of abundance. Not lack. Amen? The Word will set you free and free indeed. Amen? Amen. If you get to know Him, you will be made rich. I guarantee it. He said it. That settles it. All you have to do is believe it and receive it. Amen? That's the only requirement is to receive it. Jesus said over and over again, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen? that he may establish his covenant, that he, notice this verse again, I'll read it again, verse 18, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Notice that comes from him, amen? Amen. That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Say, as it is this day. Say, I expect great things. I expect prosperity to spring forth today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Give them some praises. Hallelujah. The highest form of faith is praise. Amen. Give them thanks for what he's going to do. Amen. 
have a white hot expectancy to receive from him each and every day. Amen. He will present himself in new ways to you each and every day if you expect him to. Amen. Amen? God will move according to your expectation. Your expectation determines the size of your breakthrough. It's up to you. Be it done unto you according to your faith. Amen? Not your neighbors, not God's, but your faith. Amen? God doesn't move now according to his faith. He moves according to our faith that he planted in us. It's our responsibility to grab and receive, to grab and take. Amen? Amen. Our responsibility, not God's. We're not waiting on him. He's waiting on us. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Isn't that rich? That's a rich scripture. Amen? And that's to all of us. Moses' farewell address to the children of Israel who we've been grafted into. Amen? Grafted into the vine. Glory to God. Amen. Through Christ himself, mm-hmm. the son of the living God. Amen? Amen. Say it with me. I am rich. I am rich. When I give, when I, give I expect to receive from heaven. I expect to receive in the name of Jesus. I release my faith when I give in my seed that I sow and I expect my harvest multiplied to me by heaven. Lord, your word says I shall be multiplied, multiplied, multiplied. I stand upon your word today in Jesus' name. And whenever I give, I reap because I'm standing upon your truth in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. Hallelujah. Isn't he rich? Now go with me to this parallel verse. These two verses really set my course financially in my financial walk and obedience. 2 Corinthians 9.6. I have most of this memorized. Deuteronomy 8 and 2 Corinthians 9.6. Power. These are financial laws, covenants that can't be broken if you enter into them with God. Amen? Notice it said in Deuteronomy 8 that he shall establish his covenant. He needs you and wants you to be rich. Amen? That he may establish his covenant on the earth with you. You're not left out. No one left out. Every Christian should be rich because every Christian is a member of the same body. Amen? One, by, one member shouldn't be poor and the other rich. They should all be rich because we're one body with him. Amen? There's no separation. As he is, so are we in this world. Amen? 2 Corinthians 9, 6. But this I say, Paul the Apostle, he who sows, say sows. So you have to see money as seed. You have to treat all money that comes your way as seed. Amen? It's seed to the sower. Money, financial money, money is seed. Amen? You exchange it. It's just a rate of exchange. You plant it here, you get that product. You plant it in the ministry, you get a harvest. Amen? You reap, you sow, and you reap. It's seed. All money is seed. Say money is seed. Money is seed. He who sows sparingly will reap also sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. I have to put myself in remembering this every time the Lord tells me to give. Every morning I wake up, I need to adjust my thinking to the law of God. Because the world goes completely backwards from this. The world says, I receive, then I give. Which is what your tithe is, actually. Your 10% comes from what you take in. Sowing is completely backwards to the world system. It's sowing what you have so that God can multiply back to you what you don't have. Just like the farmer who sows the seed. He's expecting a harvest after every seed he sows. Amen? We don't just drop money in a bucket. We don't just come to church and throw money around. 
No, he who's faithful with little shall be ruler over much, Jesus says. It doesn't matter the size of the amount. What matters is the obedience of our heart. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Our faithfulness, our commitment to him, that, Lord, we put you as financier. We put you as our source in Jesus' name. I'm not looking to my job. I'm not looking to the left. I'm not looking to the right. You are my source, and I trust you that you'll provide inlets however you want to provide them. Amen? Amen. Let's read this first, and then we'll go one more scripture based on that. He who sows sparingly will reap also sparingly. That's spiritual law. You will reap sparingly if you sow sparingly. A farmer who plants one seed will only reap a small harvest, a small bumper crop, amen? But if he scatters a hundred seeds, the better his chances of reaping, amen? The greater the harvest will be. And he who sows bountifully will reap also bountifully. Again, I'm not trying to get money from you. God is trying to get money to us through his word, amen? God is trying to bless us through his word, but we have to be a doer of the word. We can't just be hearers only. The doer is blessed in his doing. The giver is blessed in his giving when it's backed by faith. Amen. Amen. We'll also reap bountifully. Now, this is a spiritual promise from God. You have every right to expect, if God said so here, I'm expecting a hundredfold return. And I won't move until I have it. Amen? I'm going to call it in every day. I'm going to water my seed with praise and thanksgiving every day. Thank you, Lord, that I sowed this $10 seed to meet my water bill this month. A hundredfold harvest. Thank you, Lord, that all my bills are paid for. Thank you, Lord, that every need is met. I give you praises for that seed is producing in my half. Seed, grow up. Rise and be fruitful and multiply in Jesus' name. I call in my harvest. Amen. I bind my money in Jesus' name and commission my harvesting angels. Go bring me my harvest. Every morning I say that. Every day you should wake up saying that. Harvest cometh to me now. If you're a sower of seed, call in your harvest. Proverbs speaks against the lazy servant who slept in harvest, who refused to call in his harvest. And there's been generations past who did not know to call in their harvest. So they slept through every harvest season. There's generational money laid up for you and now in this time. Amen. For you, from your forefathers, grandparents, they would never receive from them. But you have the right to receive it through the word of God, through that lineage, through those generations. Amen. God wants to give you their wealth. They were never received on their behalf. Amen? But you have to be a wise servant and call in your harvest. You can't sleep through harvest. Amen? The sower doesn't sleep while he sows. The harvester shouldn't sleep while he harvests. See, as long as the earth remains, so shall seed, time, and harvest. God gives the increase, but you have to put in the sickle and call it in. Amen? You're the forceful taking profit on the earth that calls in the wealth of the wicked, that calls in your money that rightfully belongs to you. If you've sown, you have proof over and over again that money is rightfully yours and belongs to you. Amen? Don't let it go by the wayside. Don't give up on your harvest. Amen? Amen? If we, grow, if we do not grow weary and faint, we shall reap in due season, the Bible says. So you can't grow weary and faint. You have to keep calling it in. Your sickle is your tongue. Say, harvest come. Harvest to, come. Me now. to me now. God wants you rich. He doesn't just want you to give and give and give. You should be producing, amen? amen. There should be fruit and harvest abounding to your account. Amen? In heaven and on earth. Say, I need to reap. I need to reap. 
I want my harvest. So place your demand on your harvest. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Say harvest cometh. Harvest to me now. Harvest, Harvest cometh to me now. now. Amen. In Jesus' name. So that each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able, say God is able, to make all grace abound toward you that you, you, each one of you, the sower, who has sown seed that you always, say always, always, having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Amen. If we commit to sow and sow, we reap according to the word of God. Amen? Amen. The seed is warring on our behalf. Yeah. Yes. Nothing can stop the seed. Satan could not stop the seed. Satan can't stop a monetary seed, and he could not stop the ultimate seed, which is Christ. He had no idea. He could not comprehend Christ. He said if he could, he would have stopped him. The Bible says that. He could not comprehend the seed. Amen? Hallelujah. Say, the seed is warring on my behalf. Amen. And 2 Corinthians 9, 9, as it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Verse 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower, if you're not a sower, no seed, but he will supply seed if you're a sower. Waking up, sowing is a lifestyle, amen? Amen. The Bible says a harvest, you shall live off the harvest is determined by every seed that you sow. A man's harvest in life is determined by the seeds that he sows. Everything you have is determined by what you give, what you sow to others. It's reciprocal in the kingdom. What you sow, you reap. Amen? Amen. And you can't give what you don't have. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower... And bread for food, so he'll not only take care of your needs, your necessities, but now he's giving you seed because you're a sower. And he's expecting you to sow this seed, not to eat this seed. There's a difference between bread and seed. He ministers seed for planting so that you can live off the harvest. And then he ministers bread while you're waiting during that time period, from seed time to harvest. He's a good God. He's faithful, amen? Amen. But we're intended to live off what we give. We're not working to make a living. The Bible does not say work to live. It says work to give. Read it for yourself. It says work to give. So that you may have to give to those that need it. It doesn't say to make a living. No, the Bible says God shall supply your every need. Mm -hmm. It says work to give. I get a job to give. Amen? Amen. I'm not getting a job to live. God's my source. God's my sustenance. Amen? I'm working with my hands that thing which is good so that I can give. So that I can disperse because I'm living off my giving. I live from what I give, not from what I make. See this system that's set up for us? It's completely backward to the world system. But if you work this system, it will work for you because you're a child of God. You're in the kingdom of heaven now, not the kingdom of darkness. This won't work for them. It works for the children of light. Amen? He will multiply your harvest. Hallelujah. Is anyone excited about this? (laughs) 
God loves a cheerful giver, amen? He loves a cheerful giver. His eye is on the cheerful, prompt-to-do-it giver, the Amplified says. Amen? So if you say, Lord, I'm a giver, I want to be a giver, grow me in this giving grace that is offered to me through your word. He will. And he'll give you seed and make sure that his word is performed in your life. Amen? He will minister seed to the sower and bread for food and will increase and multiply the seed you have and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything. Say everything. Everything. For all liberality, all freedom, all generosity. I want to do this. I have the money to do it. I want to give here. I have the money to do it. And that money comes in through seed time and harvest. I have everything I need to sow with through what I gave with. It's, reci- it's cyclical, amen? You can't stop the system of giving and receiving. Whenever you see giving in the Bible, receiving is right there linked to it. You cannot give and not receive. It's unscriptural. It's against spiritual law. So set yourself in agreement and say, I will reap. I will have my harvest. And don't speak against it no matter what. When time seems slim, when the time between seed time and harvest seems slim and narrow, don't speak against your harvest. Continue to call it in like a faithful and wise steward. Call in your harvest. Call it in, amen? Don't let it rot in the field. Don't let your crops rot. God wants you to have those bumper crops. You're due a harvest, amen? It says in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. How do I not faint not? This is the greatest purchase a Christian can buy. It's duct tape. This is how I faint not. I take a piece every morning or when I'm tempted to speak against the word of the living God and duct tape my mouth with it. It's better to say nothing than to say something against the living God. Amen? Every time you agree with darkness, lack, sickness, and disease, you've spoken against your Lord who purchased all these things for you. Remember that. Every time you're tempted to speak against your prosperity, your harvest, zip it. Amen? It's better not to say anything and have spiritual law in motion on your behalf than to speak against it and block your own harvest. Now you don't have money to give. Now you don't have money to live. You've spoken against your prosperity that God promised the sower. It's important stuff here because life and death aren't in the power of God's tongue. They're in the power of man's tongue. You have what you say. If you agree with your word and call in your harvest, you will reap your harvest according to the word of God. It's promised to you. Amen. And don't let any of it rot. If you're standing for a hundredfold on every dollar sown, don't give up till you've received a hundredfold no matter how long it takes. A hundred years, ten years, a day. Some harvests I've received overnight. Some have taken a week. Some have taken three. Some have taken a year. Some could take 20. It says seed, time, and harvest. But we don't fate in the time portion. That's the portion to give God praises. Because the level of your praise determines the magnitude of your breakthrough. Amen. The more you praise, the more comes in. The more you wake up giving God thanks and praise for what you do have, he'll see to it that you have more. Because now you're a wise and thankful steward, faithful to him. Amen. Amen. You're not going to leave him when the harvest comes in. 
You're thankful every step of the way. And the Lord shall increase you more and more and more and more. And the steps of the righteous get brighter and brighter and brighter until the end, Psalm says. You can't exhaust his resources, amen? He's a good, good father, isn't he? Amen. He provides for you in that time period from seed, time, and harvest, amen? He'll provide our every needs. And that's good, good news, amen? amen. That God is really meeting all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, amen? And go with me lastly to Mark 4. This is the parable of the sower. If you get Mark 4, 4 you can understand the entire kingdom of God, Jesus said. He said, if you understand this parable that the sower sows the word, the parable of seed time and harvest, you can understand how the kingdom functions. And Jesus lived by this principle. He lived from what he gave. He lived from seed time and harvest. He saw his life as a seed that he laid down for us, amen? That he planted into the earth so that we could live. He, he died. His seed died so that we could live. We're his harvest, every one of us here today. Amen. Life in full, amen? Because yes. he laid down his life as a seed, uh -huh. we live. Amen. He understood this, and he taught on this. He said, if you get this principle of seed time and harvest, you'll understand how the kingdom of God functions. Amen. Let's go to verse 26. The kingdom of God is if a man, so Mark 4, 26, as if a man or a woman should scatter seed on the ground. That's pretty plain, right? The kingdom of God, the entire kingdom of God, of love, God is love, is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. So you do not need to figure out where your harvest is coming from. All you need to figure out is that I plant a seed and expect my harvest. God gives the increase. I'm not looking for my harvest. Oh, many of my harvest is in this person. No. It's a heretic. Amen. The harvest will come to you. You just call it in. Amen. And he always does it through the least likely sources. So that he gets credit. He surprises me out of nowhere. Puts me in contact with people I had no, would never guess I'd be in contact with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the least likely sources. So he can prove his word that, uh -huh. hey, stop looking for your harvest to where you think it's going to come from. Uh -huh. Amen? Amen. Yes. I'm your source. Exactly. He's creative. Amen? Amen? He does creative miracles. Amen. Provided food for Elijah for, through ravens. Uh -huh. Amen? Amen. <laughs> through a widow woman with nothing. Amen. He takes great pleasure in providing creative miracles for us. Amen? So never try to figure out where my harvest is going to come from. Just trust that it's going to come in. He himself does not know how. I do not know how that seed that was planted for that bush turned into that tree right there. I have no I can't comprehend that. But it's not my job to figure out how it's going to grow. My job is to stay in faith calling in the harvest because I know it is. I know it will grow. Amen? Because the word says so. Amen. You can't have faith for something the word doesn't tell you you can have. All Bible-based faith is based in the word of God. Amen. Oh, yeah. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. And should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. Say by itself. By itself. <laughs> 
God doesn't need your help in causing the seed to grow. He just needs to, for you to be a faithful sower and a faithful reaper. Amen. First the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. So this is what a harvest looks like. First the blade sprouts up. You have a sign of your harvest. Then the head, so don't stop at the blade. Keep calling in your harvest until you get to the head. And after that, the full grain in the head. Keep calling in your harvest till you get to the full grain. Again, don't be a lazy steward and sleep in harvest time. Don't stop at tenfold. Stop at a hundredfold. Amen? This is how we reap in the kingdom is with our lips, with our words. We, again, we have whatsoever we say it. After that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Again, Isaiah points to the sickle being our tongues. A sharp threshing instrument is the definition of a sickle. We have a sharp threshing instrument in our mouth. You can read through the book of James, James 3, and find that out. Your tongue steers your entire body. It's a rudder that guides all the affairs of your life. You have what you say. So say what you want, not what you have. Say what you want. (laughs) Amen. Not what you have. Never say what you have. Never say what you don't want. Say that sure is a good looking seed right there I planted. Look at that. And you just leave it in seed stage. That's what you had. You let go of it. Now God's bringing the increase. Say, that sure is a blossoming harvest I have. I'm going to have a hundredfold crop off that uh, that seed right there. Amen. Amen. My harvest is coming in. What am I going to do with my harvest? Not looking back, what am I going to do with my seed, which I had? What am I going to do with what's ahead of me? That causes me to expect my harvest. When my harvest comes in, what am I going to do with the money? And I'll budget that and plan it. Where is this money going to go? God wants to see the blueprint of that. Amen? Go with me to Habakkuk 2. He wants to know with what you're going what you're going to do with what he wants to give you. Amen? He likes details. He likes plans. God is a master planner if you haven't noticed. He's planned out every person's days from beginning to end, the Bible says. He's a master planner, isn't he? Amen. Yes. Habakkuk. Somebody tell me where it is. Between which two books? Where's Zephaniah and Nahum. Nahum, Zephaniah. After Haggai? Um, yeah. No, before. Before Haggai. Yeah, before Haggai, yeah. I believe I can find it. I believe I can find it. <laughs> Habakkuk 2, 2. We'll start there. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Write the vision. Write your book. Write your vision. Let's go to this side. (laughs) Write the vision. Write it. Make it plain. Put it on tables. Write it down. Write down your budget. Write down what you're going to do with your harvest. Write down what you sowed. Write down what you're going to reap. Keep a ledger. Write the vision, amen? Work the spiritual laws that God's put in place for you. In the natural, you keep a bank book. In the supernatural, keep a bank book, amen? Write down what you give, where you gave it to, when you gave it, and then times it by 100. 
Because you're believing for a hundredfold, aren't you? For more to give with. Right? Meeting our own needs is selfish. Meeting the, the needs of others is unselfish. So don't just believe to have your needs met. Believe to have the needs of others met. Don't stop at you. You're not that important. Amen? The kingdom is important. Think outside the box. Amen? It's selfish for me to believe in a million dollars. Is it? It's selfish to the person who hasn't planned what they're going to do with it. If they're going to spend it on their own lust. But if you've planned it, God will take great pleasure in giving you your harvest. Because he now knows where it's going to go. And if you're faithful with where you've planned for it to go and do it, he'll give you more to do other things with. Amen? So write it down. Write your vision. Make it plain on tables that he may run who reads it. So every time I see my vision or that budget, I'm running after it. It's put faith in front of me now. My objective is here now. I can run my course now believing. This is what I'm doing with that. That's how I'm going to disperse that. Amen? Every time I see that picture or that blueprint, it causes me to run after it more. Amen? And to chase God down and take all that's rightfully mine so that I can bless others with it. Amen? Don't be selfish. Be selfless. Amen? Amen. Live to give. Amen? And God will bless you with more than you'll ever need. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Due season. Amen? Appointed time. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Seed, time, and harvest. Patience. Waiting. Amen? For that harvest. Expecting it. At the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Another promise of your harvest. But he tells us here to write it down. Expect your vision to come to pass. Write down your dream. Put it in picture form. A picture is worth a thousand words, they say. Amen? Wake up every morning seeing your dream in front of you. Seeing those images who speak words to you. Images speak. I think they got it right. A picture's worth a thousand words. When you have that image in front of you, wake up and see your dream in front of you. It's easy for you to run after it. Amen? When you wake up and put Jesus, the word, in front of you, it's easier to walk after him. Amen? So he's saying here, the financial plan, the blessing plan, put what you want in front of you and never look back. Always look ahead. Like the sower who goes down the aisle, he sells seed, but he doesn't look back. He keeps planting, looking for that harvest that's ahead of him. Amen? His whole livelihood is based on his harvest, not his seed. Amen? Farmers don't live off what they plant. They live off what they harvest. So don't stop after planting. Harvest. Amen? Hallelujah. Call it in. Glory to God. You have a sharp sickle right here. Use it wisely, amen? Life and death are in the power or literally the hand of your tongue. He has delegated all authority and power on earth to man's tongue. Through man's tongue. Amen? This is the most powerful weapon, not our hands. The tongue is, amen? 
Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. No, words are the most powerful substance there is. The devil will try to bring words from someone 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and use them against you. He uses words against you. He knows the importance of words. He uses words to get your words in sync with his. And if you speak those in sync words with his, he has you, and now he's given authority in this earth to operate. And that's the only way he can function in this earth realm, is through man's spoken lips. Amen? So we have to put a guard over our mouth. Again, this is the best investment a Christian can make. It's $2.50. Hallelujah. Guard your tongue. Guard it. Amen? Your words are so important. Go with me back to Mark. Mark 11. In verse 22, so many teachers have taught on this verse, and I know why, because the body of Christ hasn't gotten it yet. They're still calling those things that be as though they are, not those things that be not as though they are. (laughs) You can have whatever you say. Jesus says, have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, so guard your heart, guard your lips, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Not what God says, what he says, man says. Amen? And again, Proverbs, life and death are in the power of the hand of the tongue. Amen. So many Christians, where is my harvest? My harvest isn't producing. You just said that. You just called those things as though they were. You're not going to see it. You just spoke against it. Amen? You have whatever you say. Most of the time we want to speak the scenario and the circumstances because we want people to relate with us. We want to feel comforted. We want to feel helped. So we just speak whatever. And don't put a guard on our tongues, little knowing that what you just said is going to come and pass in your life. You just sowed that seed. And now that harvest is connected to it. You can't speak what you don't want. God relates to you. God is in you. Don't tell your problems to man ever. That's called gossip. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. Take everything to your Father. Amen? Amen? Take His Word to Him. Call those things that be not as though they are established in my life. Amen? Amen. Satan is the spirit of fear. God is the spirit of love. Whenever you speak in fear, you're speaking in Him. Whenever you speak into fear, He's got you. Never speak the fear. Never speak the circumstance. Always speak the truth in love. And that will dictate your circumstance. We can't get away from this because we haven't really gotten it yet. We have whatever we say. Amen. We ought not to talk like the world. They have no bridle over their tongue. 
we should have complete bridles on our tongue. Amen? Amen. Knowing that it produces and has produced everything I now have. Everything I see in my life came from this rudder right here. This weapon of warfare right here. This sickle produced everything I have in my life. And it's produced everything you have in yours. And it's produced everything you don't have in yours. So speak what you want, not what you have. He's telling us here in this verse, I told my people they can have whatever they say. You can have what you say. And the ultimate truth is, you do. You have whatever you've said. Change your speech, change your life. Change your seed, change your harvest. If you're sowing words of doubt and fear, unbelief, judgment, you can guarantee you will reap a harvest of fear, doubt, unbelief, and judgment from others onto you. If you're faithful in judging others with your lips... Others will be faithful in judging you with theirs. As long as the earth remains, so shall seed time and harvest. Go with me to Romans. Romans 2. We tapped on this a little bit last week. Guard your mouth. Out of it produces the issues of life. Romans 2.1 says, Therefore you are inexcusable, O man or woman, whoever you are who judge. (laughs) You are inexcusable in God's eyes. O man or woman, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever, say whatever, whatever, you judge another. That's not in the body of Christ, that's in the world as well. Whatever you judge any man who's ever lived anywhere, whoever you are who judge, for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. And now the devil has you trapped in condemnation. But Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So you have to first get the revelation in Romans 8 that I am righteousness of God in Christ. There is no condemnation to me to be free from judging others. Because in when you, what you judge others, you're now bringing self-condemnation on yourself. So you have to know I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation to me. There is therefore now no condemnation to me. You have to say that enough for it to completely filter your entire soul. And to purge out all those words, those naysaying words from others. Words of condemnation from others in the past. Amen? For you to be clean on the inside. So that words of life can come forth, not words of judgment. It's a trap from the enemy to keep you condemned. To keep you under. And if he knows that he can condemn you, he knows you can't receive anything from heaven. Because now you're unaware of your righteousness. Now you're judging others and it's just a cycle of condemnation on your life. I'm not good at... That's condemnation. You are good at that. Amen? But this is how he works. He works through judging others. He works through getting you to speak against others so that others can in turn speak against you and divide the body of Christ and divide you from him, the head. Jesus never spoke an ill word about anyone. He was too busy fulfilling his assignment. 
He was too busy with the word in his lips. He spoke not a single word of guile, it says. Anything that was contrary to the word. There was not one form of judgment coming from his lips. Ye who are without sin, he said, cast the first stone. Unjudged. You are inexcusable in God's eyes, O man, whoever you are, who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. And Romans 8. Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, period. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You're free from it. You don't have to be condemned no more. You don't have to feel judged no more. Amen? You're free from condemnation so that you can live your righteous assignment on earth. Say, I'm free. I'm free. And free indeed. Say this verse to yourself all the time. There is therefore now no condemnation to me. The more you get that in the spirit, you'll find yourself judging others less and less and less. And people will want to be around you because there's no judgment there. There's just lovement. Amen. There's just love. God is love. John 3.16. What did Jesus do? He should be our role model, right? Love doesn't judge. Love loves. Amen? Just think about it. Who are you to judge anyway? Another man's servant. You're just bringing self-condemnation on yourself and you're trapped. It's a trap. Say, I'm the righteousness of God. In him. him. That's who you are, amen? You are not the condemned. You are not the sinner. You are the sinner who's been saved by grace. You're either a sinner or you've been saved by grace, amen? Amen. (laughs) You're not a sinner, the Bible says. The Bible says you're the righteousness of God. How can you be a sinner now? That's contradictory. Amen? Amen? John 3.16, are we there? For God so judged the world. No. (laughs) For God so loved, loved the world. For God so, so, say so loved. God is love. For love so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not, whoever, there's whoever again, whoever, so don't judge him, he's a whoever, amen, he's got a chance, Christ died for him just like you, who are you, who are you, oh man, you're inexcusable, who judge, Christ died for them just as much as he died for you, so who are you that judge, reach them with his love, again, you have to know the love he has for you to minister the love he has for others, You can't minister God love without first knowing how much he loves you. Amen. I ask for a complete sound revelation of love to infiltrate us. 
in the days and months ahead during this month of His birth. Amen? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish or die slowly, (laughs) but have everlasting life, life that keeps on giving, the life force that's in you that keeps on giving, that causes you to love and not judge, that causes you to encourage and speak good about that person in spite of who you think they are. But God did not send His Son. Verse 17. Mm -hmm. There's a conjunction here. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn or judge the world. Mm -hmm. Jesus did not judge. He saved women who were caught in adultery. Seven spirits He casted out of Mary. Demon-possessed people. He did not judge them once. He saved them. This is what love does. It doesn't judge them. It runs after them. Amen. To grab them and pull them in to who love is. Their eyes have been blinded by the God of this world, the Bible says. You can't judge them. They're lost. Hallelujah. Run after them. Love runs after them, amen, and pulls them in and prays for them. Amen. We'll never reach the world in judgment because God didn't, because Jesus didn't. God did not send his son into the world to condemn or judge the world, but that he were, but that the world through him might be saved, sozoed, saved in every area of life, financially, physically, and spiritually, and relationally. Amen. Do we get this? Yes. <laughs> that we're not supposed to judge any man mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. That we're called to bless those who curse us, do good to those who despitefully treat us, mm-hmm. and just keep on praying like Christians do, not like judges do. Christians are called to love, not judge. Mm-hmm. Ever. If there's judgment on your lips, again, yeah, $2.50 can save you from self-condemnation. It can literally pull you out of the trap of the enemy who has you fixed in him. Amen. Amen. Don't judge. Stop it. Amen. Amen. He gets on me. I get on everybody he surrounds me with. Amen. Stop the judgment. You're judging yourself. You cannot move ahead. You'll be stuck. God does not want you in a rut. He wants you ahead. Amen? Amen. Judgment is the number one trick the devil uses with offense to get you trapped. You are now ensnared by him, Timothy says, to do his will. Especially during this season. This is all precursors to, to this holiday season and entering into the new year. Let condemnation of the past go. Let's all stand, shall we? I feel the Holy Spirit. Let the condemnation of the past go. Amen? Let the naysaying comments, the seeds from the enemy that were trying to stifle you, try to keep you from moving forward, that were sent to try to keep you from being all the you you could be in Christ. Let the words of condemnation go now, this day. And do not carry them any further into this new year.
Let him die in 2018. Sow that seed and let it die. Yeah. Amen. Do not carry any weights and hindrances with you into this holiday season or into this new year. Say with me, all judgment. All judgment. I've cast it on others. I repent from right now, Lord. I judge myself. In Jesus' name. Amen. See, if you judge yourself, you want to judge others. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for freedom just because of that one prayer right there. Thank you, Lord, for new days ahead just because of that one prayer right there. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving in our midst. Where two or three are gathered, you're here in our midst, your word says. We take from heaven everything we desire, everything you've planted in us. We write the vision in the days ahead. Every dream, every idea you've given us, we write it down and speak it and watch it come to pass. Well, I'll just pray in the Holy Spirit. For those of you without the gift of tongues, it's promised to every believer. Paul says, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, I pray in tongues more than any of you. He also said, I wish that all of you pray in tongues. Jude 20 says, Beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the unknown tongue or in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourself in the love of God. The more you pray in tongues, the less you'll judge. The more you pray in tongues, you'll love. Because you're now keeping yourself in the love of God. It's a great weapon. It's a great prayer language. It's a great gift of the Holy Spirit. He gave you. And it'll start as a baby's language. And it'll develop and develop the more you use it. Started like this for me. Whoever wants that gift with eyes closed, just raise their hand. The Holy Spirit's here to minister to it. Hallelujah. Says you who being parents know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more shall your Heavenly Father give the free gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in new tongues to those that ask Him? Your hand is a sign of asking. The Holy Spirit will move on you, I guarantee it. It's a supernatural prayer language. The more you pray, the less you judge. The more you pray, the more the love. John said, I believe and know the love. He kept himself in the love of God. And he lived the longest out of all the disciples. Longevity is linked to the love walk. Longevity is linked to your love command. Praying in the Holy Spirit keeps you in the commandment of love and purges out all condemnation and judgments of the past. A word of exhortation, a word of encouragement shall now be on your lips. From this day forward, says the Spirit of love. Those who judge themselves, who seek to better themselves, I will always be faithful and purge and entrust with more, saith the Lord. The closer you draw to me, the closer you become to me. I am love. God 
is love. Lord, help us in this holiday season to love everyone, everywhere, like never before. Help us not cast judgment, not to be quick to judge, but quick rather to love with the agape love that's in us all through Christ the Lord. This is the season of love. God so loved the world, he gave his son this season. Amen. We should be representatives of love. Amen. Like never before. Just raise your hand and give him some praises. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for meeting us. Thank you, Lord, whenever you, we assemble, you assemble with us. Thank you for keeping us in your love in the days of head. Hallelujah. As we get closer and closer to the end, keep us more and more in your love. For you prophesied, Jesus, that in the end days, many would leave the faith and the love of many would, gra- would wax cold. Keep our hearts tender. Keep our hearts gentle as we pray in tongues and in the word of God. Keep our hearts, Lord. We commit them to you. We commit our mouths to you. We commit our tongues to you. And we shall see great harvest ahead. No more depletion. No more ruin. No more death. No more disease, sickness, or lack but life in full as we keep our tongues committed to love. We give you the praises. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your healing presence. Signs, miracles, and wonders that go forth by the preaching of your word that you back and you perform. Thank you, Lord, that our finances are in order that our finances are restored, that relationships are restored, that health is restored, that you're the restorer of the breach. You're the restorer of all things. And great, great, great restoration always comes before a great, great move of God. Thank you for getting us where you need us to be, in love. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Our, um, our messages are also going to be up on podcast, too, at Word at the Ranch. And now we have Facebook Live. Hi. <laughs> so join us there as well. Amen.